Man, that'll get you going, won't it? When we all get to heaven. Good to see each and every one of you here this morning. Thank God for all of you being here today. Um, We want to lift up in prayer. Sister Susie Ryan called me this morning, and uh, she has got it here and here, you know, and congestion. So lift her in prayer and uh, just remember her. Uh, Also, Brother Roger uh, had a a procedure done uh, Friday. And uh, they weren't quite able to do all they wanted to do. I spoke with him uh, over the weekend as well, and uh, he's, he's not feeling very well. So lift up Brother Roger and Sister Carolyn Smith, and, and just um, let's do that. But I want to start this morning with this. I know that coming here, we all look well. And you know, I like it and I'm just saying it as I feel it. I went a couple of weeks ago to an open house just down the road from me. And I wanted to go inside. It was for sale. I wanted to go inside, quite honestly, just to see what it was like. And I thought, that's such a pretty home on the outside. I I want to see how nice it is inside. When I walked in the door, I was taken back. How that house looked on the inside was nothing that would appear to be on the outside. It was really in shambles. I thought, wow. And it looks so good. And God spoke and he said, that's like we as people too. So I know today that every one of you here, you look just remarkable. But what's on the inside is what God's looking at. Man looks on the outward appearance and God looks on the heart. So you're here today and you have that just simply an unspoken request. I'm raising my hand as well. What's so good about that is he knows. He knows. Not only does he know, but he's there. Yeah. He's our comforter. So my request today as well is for us to realize God is here wanting to comfort, wanting to ease, wanting to open up that shell, if you will. Whatever it might, allow God to be God today in your life. That's just a bottom thing, okay? Not what we look like on the outside. (laughs) But see what God sees. See what God sees today. That's my prayer request. Okay. Any others? Sister Deb. Let's bow our heads. God, we celebrated today this past Thursday of Thanksgiving. 
And God, we so often received, Lord God, whether it was a meal or just the, the fact of being with family. But Father, help us to realize your word says you load us every day with your benefits. Help us, Lord, to understand, Lord God, that God, you said to seek you first. God, that's nothing else. Seek you first, the kingdom of God. Then all these other things shall be added into us. And Father, I pray today, Lord God, that we might realize, Lord, in seeking you first, Lord God, comes with praising you first. God, and as we praise you, Father, God, we praise you today, Father, Lord God, for the many blessings as well as the many trials. For, Father, Lord God, it's the trials, Lord God, that cause us, Father, Lord God, to realize, Lord God, our faith and such it where it is. And, God, it's the trials, Lord God, that so often, Lord God, we truly pray that sincere prayer when our trials come. But, God, I thank you, Lord God, that you don't take judgment on praying that kind of a prayer. But you remind us, Lord God, that you're with us every hour and every day. And Father, Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for each and every one that's here today, Father. For to be able to have the ability to be here, God, and to be uh, able, Father, Lord God, and to have this opportunity. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that we might realize, Lord God, that you are holy, holy, holy. And God, when we realize, Lord God, that we come into the presence, God, of your house of worship. God, if we have prepared diligently our hearts, God, you will bless us with an abundance. God, you will also show us, Father, open those doors, Lord, of the secret rooms. And, Father, help us, Lord God, open those places, Lord, that, God, we have questions about in our life as to why or if or whatever it might be. Help us, Lord God, to get past that and know simply just to trust in you with all of our hearts and lean not to our understanding. I just acknowledge you, Father. God, I pray today, Lord God, that as we do that, Father, help us, Lord God, each one today, hearing this voice that they hear. God, that they may listen to that still small voice. And Father, for this day, God, may we each and every one say, God, I am going to listen to you. Through the preached word, through the singing of the song, but most of all, Father, God, to the spirit that speaks within. God, if we'll do that today, Father, Lord God, we'll know what it's like to be cradled in your arms. We know what it's like to be lifted high. We'll know what it's like to be loved by an unbelievable love. We'll know what it's like to be a child of the king. And God, there are some here that may realize what it is to be without you. God, without that love, without that relationship. So God, I pray for them. Speak to their hearts too, Father. God, and we that have that relationship, help us, Lord God, to 
God, just say, here am I, Father. Show me where I am. Father, speak to us today. So, Father, now for these requests that have been mentioned, God, you've heard those. And, God, you've heard every arm that was raised. God, you know what those requests are as well. God, I pray today. God, your word says in Psalm 4610, just be still and know that I am God. And that's enough. So we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I will be in Psalms chapter 90, if you want to turn there. It's so great to see everybody here after such a busy week and a busy weekend, I'm sure. If you were busy this week or had a busy weekend, say amen. Amen. All right. And I will tell you something else this morning that probably makes everybody just a little bit nervous and scared but we are officially less than a month away from Christmas. You know, it's funny how fast time seems to fly by these days. And I think you would all agree with me this morning that uh, you've probably had a conversation with somebody, friend, family, relative, whatever, and, and you find yourself saying, can you believe it's already Thanksgiving? Can you believe it's already Christmas? Thanksgiving's over with, it's done. And I don't know about you, but I can't believe it. It seems like just yesterday, I was getting my lawnmower out for the first time. And we had to go get landing some new baseball cleats. And now here we are, 29 days away from Christmas. I was thinking um, a little bit bigger than that because, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that my oldest son is already eight years old when it seems just like yesterday he was born. You know, it's, it's a distant memory. You look at pictures when, they were, when he was little, and it's hard to even believe he went from what he was to what he is now. I was talking with Roger and Carol uh, last Sunday, and I was congratulating them on their anniversary. And I told them, I, I, said, I said, it's great to have, as a young married couple, it's great to have people to look up to. For 50 years, and um, you know, then then thinking, well, it's going to be 10 years for me and Amanda in June, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long for us. And he said, it flies by. It flies by. You know, it seems like just yesterday I can close my eyes and I can see my grandmother picking me up for school. I can close my eyes and I can see myself playing go fish with my great-grandmother as just a little kid. I can close my eyes and I can can remember Christmas mornings. Waking up, wearing my goofy pajama set that my parents bought me. And me and my sister opening up presents on Christmas morning. And fetching my mom coffee. Every, a bunch. It seems like just yesterday I can wake up. I remember, I I remember my grandpa waking us up in the middle of the night, me and my cousin, because 
Somehow we did something, and now the hillside's on fire at 2 a.m. But then I can open my eyes, and I can see that my son's eight. My oldest son is eight. I can see that my, my youngest has already learned how to tell me no from her older brother. Time seems to just run away from us. The scary part is not that my son's already eight. The scary part is not that it seems like every time you close your eyes, you lose years. That's not the scary part. The scary part for me is when I look back on my life and I ask myself, have I spent the time that I had in the best way possible for the kingdom? And knowing that there are things in my life if I had to do differently. If you ever ask yourself that question, you say, if I could only do this over, if I could do this again, I would do it differently. So the scary part is, I haven't necessarily done everything that I should for the kingdom in my life. And I pray and hope that the time that I have left, that I do different that I be better, that I I spend my time on what's important. Psalms chapter 90. If I can this morning have everybody say, we'll stand for the reading of God's word. Psalms chapter 90, verse 4. It says, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when when it is past. And this this is a prayer to God. And as a watch in the night. Verse 5. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourished and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. It's talking about all these thousands of years. It's there and then it's gone. Verse 7. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, and we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is it their strength and labor and sorrow... For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. 12 says this. So teach us. So teach us to number our days. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Father, we come to you this morning, and God, we're so thankful to be in your house. God, we're so thankful for the spirit that we felt, how strong it is this morning. God, we're thankful for the comfort that we have, knowing whether we're here or whether we're not, that you're with us, God. We know no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, God, you are our comfort. You are our strength. God, I pray this morning, Lord, as we've all come to be fed, Lord, that you will use me this morning, God. 
to deliver a message that you've laid on my heart that I may get out of the way, Lord, that you can use me. God, that we, it's for it's not how it's preached, God, but it's how it's received. So, Lord, I pray this morning that as we've all taken the time to come so you can speak to us this morning, God, allow us to receive what it is that you want us to hear, to be taught what it is that you want us to, to teach this morning, God, to encourage us in the way you want to encourage us, to remind us, God, that to, our hearts need to follow in wisdom, for our days are numbered, not to get busy in this world, not to get busy in ourself, Lord, but to be busy in you. God, help us today, Lord, to get a new look on life, a new mind, knowing that you have invested a lot into us, Lord, and it's your right to demand something back. God, help us to be fruitful for you, Lord. Help us to learn this morning if we're not, God, and let us, Lord, if we are called, come and not miss out on this moment and this opportunity. Lord, we give you the praise and glory for everything you've done and everything you're going to do. In your precious name, amen. You may be seated. You know, I want to preach this morning on our greatest resource. Our greatest resource. You know, your greatest resource is not your bank account. Your greatest resource is not the house you live in or the clothes you have or the food on your table. It's not your family. Your greatest resource this morning is time. Is time. Somebody can break into your house. They can steal jewelry. They can steal furniture. They can steal money. They can steal whatever they want to steal. But don't let somebody waste your time. Don't let somebody Steal your time. You know, I was, um, as I was getting ready for this message, and I was thinking about our greatest resource. I, we were driving up to Ann Arbor yesterday, and um, as we're driving down 75, we're passing all these farm fields. And we're seeing all these farmers out in the farm working. And so what I was thinking was, uh, Jake was talking about his grandfather and, and how he harvests and how he does this and when he does this and why he does that. And, and I don't know much about farming, so he was, I was kind of asking some questions around that. But, you know, farmers, before calendars were in every room, before it was in something you carried around with you all the time, farmers knew when it was time to plant. They knew when it was time to, to harvest. They knew when it was time to, to till their fields. They knew because of the seasons, because of the signs. Farmers learned based on what God had created for us. You know God has given us signs. He tells us that. He gives us signs of tomorrow. He, he, he formed the universe and, 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 and the way the planets revolve, and we have signs. We have seasons, don't we? Especially living here in the beautiful state of Ohio, we get to experience all four seasons. And we know... If you've, if you've been alive longer than a couple years, you know that when September rolls around, it's time to start getting your coats out. And you know that when December rolls around, there's a good chance you're going to have to go out and shovel your driveway before you can go anywhere. And you know 
that there's going to be a lot of rain in the spring, and you know that it can get very, very, very hot in the summer. Lovely, lovely Ohio. But our seasons, right? God created it. And he talks about it in the Bible, the signs, the wonders, and things to come. You know, your body is made to give you signs and tell you things. For example, yesterday I was reminded that I am not 21 anymore. (laughs) Because when I was 21 or 19, I could stay up all day, work all day, come home, go play softball tournaments all night, come home, take a shower, go to church, and still keep going. Yesterday, I come home, we drove up to Ann Arbor, went to the Ohio State game and drove back home, and I couldn't even keep my eyes open long enough to make it up to my bed. That's how tired I was. But your body will tell you when it's time to sleep. Our bodies are not made to go and go and go and go. We're not. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you want to see what happens to somebody that doesn't get any sleep, just go look at my two-year-old. He doesn't sleep, and he is a mess back there this morning. I feel sorry for people in the nursery. But your body will give you signs, and you'll start to get sluggish, and you'll start to get tired. And you know when it's time for you to go take a nap or for you to go lay down and go to sleep. We have signs. We even have signs that we're not as young as we used to be. You know, I am reminded every day by everybody that's close to me how gray my hair is. And if that, there's nothing I can do about it. I could not stop it from turning gray. Here's what I will tell you. You will get old or you will die young. That's how life works. And your body, as you get older, you'll start to feel a little bit older, won't you? The thing about that is this. The joy that we have and the love that we've been given and the relationship with Christ that you have, you may get older, okay? And what age does to you is it allows you to appreciate life. It gives you something to compare it to. Every day that you get to open your eyes, every day you get another time with your family, you get another moment in the Word or another moment in church, whatever it may be, you you compare it to previous days. As it talks about, our days are as tales that are told. And you start to appreciate knowing just how frail our life is. Lord, teach us to number our days so our hearts may walk in wisdom. The wisdom is knowing that we have to be a little bit more careful where we invest our time, how we invest our time, what we do with our time, because time is not promised. It is your greatest resource because that's how you can have an impact. God has given you time here on this earth to have an impact in heaven. God has given you a place in this world and a calling in your life so you can move mountains here, so you can be a light and a witness to somebody, so you can have a moment of greatness for Him. 
And as we get older, we recognize that those things are true. And we start to invest our time in things that are more meaningful, as we should. The problem with younger people is they have nothing to compare to. They live life like they're, they're never going to die. How many times have you seen something tragic happen to someone young? And you think if they only would have known, if they would have just been more careful, but they live carelessly. But that's because they have nothing to compare it to. I want to read another scripture. So if you, if, if you could turn there, it would be in Luke chapter 13. Don't lose Psalms 90, we'll come back to that. Luke chapter 13. Here's what I'll tell you. We tend to live anymore nowadays, and if, a lot of times when I talk to, to older people or, or mentors, if you will, they talk about how just times have changed and generations have changed and, and things of that nature. And, and, and we tend to live and die by our calendars, don't we? By our watch. Everybody's got a watch. And if you don't have a watch, you've got a phone that's got a watch on it, doesn't it? And at the end of the day, on my watch here in the back, you can actually see the inside of the watch, and you can see the gears spinning in circles, just like, just like God created the signs, right, in the universe. The watchmakers imitated the way timekeeping was a long time ago. And we live and die by our watch, we live and die by our schedules, and we live and die by how busy we are. And the thing is, is that we get so busy that we start to become unfruitful. We start to become unproducing of the way God would want us to be. And it's very, very easy. Listen, listen, people. It is very, very easy to be so involved in church and church things that you miss out on the unfruitfulness as well. You can be busy behind the scenes doing things, and you can be busy doing this and doing that. You know, as a preacher, I love doing what God has called me to do. I love being able to stand and preach the word when it's given to me. But it is equally important for me to be fed as well. It is equally important for me to be taught as well. It is equally important for me to be in church and to me to be in fellowship and me to be held accountable as well, just like anybody else. Because the fruit that comes, whether it comes from from a message that God gives me, or whether it becomes of, of something I hand down to my kids, whatever the case may be, it comes through those other things. So if we're missing out on the feeding part, we're missing out on the fruitful part. Luke chapter 13, verse 6, it says this, And he spake also this parable, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? So here's the thing. We were driving home last night, and I, I think it was like 6.30, 7 o'clock, and those farmers that we passed on the way were still out there. Lights on their machines, it was pitch black, they had lights out, and they were still working. And here's the thing about a farmer. They invest a lot of time, and they put a lot of work into the ground, don't they? 
They go out and they till the soil. They go out and they plant the seeds and they keep the weeds out of it and they make sure it's watered properly and they make sure that it has everything it needs. And if it's not growing right, they go back out and they keep working with it and they keep adding things to it and they try to give it additional nutrients that it needs. And then when it's time, they go out and they, they, they take the fruit. They take what's theirs and why shouldn't they? It is their right. They've invested the time. They've worked hard. When it, when it is time for the fruit to be taken, it is their right to go and collect that fruit. Amen? Amen. So we read in this scripture that there's a fig tree that's planted. And it's, it's not producing any fruit. So here comes the guy that owns the, fig tr- the, the field. And he's talking to the field dresser. He's talking to the person that, that manages it. And he's saying, this is the third year I came. This tree doesn't have any fruit on it. Let's get it out of here. It's useless. It, is, it says this. It says, and it cumbereth. Why cumbereth it the ground? You know what that means? Basically it's saying, why let it cause a burden to the earth that it's in? It's, it's, it's eating up the soil, the nutrients, the water. It's taking part in all the good things that fig trees get to take part in. But yet it's not giving anything back. You follow me this morning, church? Let me, let me change some words. I wasn't going to do this, but let me see if I can do this. So I'm going to just change some words in the scripture here. Follow along with me. And he spake also this. God had a vineyard. And he came to seek fruit from the people of the vineyard. But he found none. And he said to Jesus, Go, I've come three years seeking fruit from this person, and I've found none. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why let this person continue to take part in the blessings and the benefits? Why keep investing time? Why keep investing resources? Why keep doing this and doing that when they give nothing back to the kingdom of God? We are missing our moment, friends. Our moment to be great. Our moment to be a Christian. Our moment to be a light to a world that's dying. We are missing this morning our moment to be a witness to our neighbors and to our friends. We're missing our moment to be a parent to our children. We are missing this morning, friends, our moment, uh, our moment in time that God has given us to be great for Him, to stand up and testify, to talk about what He's done for you. We're missing our moment for you to use your testimony from what He's brought you from, uh, to inspire others, to follow Him and to trust in Him so they can make it through. We are missing, church, our moment uh, to live great life for Him. We are missing, church, our moment uh, to stand up and sing a song that He's put in your heart. You're missing your moment this morning, church church, uh, to stand up and preach the 
word as God has inspired you to do so. Uh, You are missing your moment this morning, uh, friends, by missing out on services and being fed. You're missing your moment uh, to grow closer to Him, uh, to walk with Him, uh, to live with Him. You are missing uh, your moment, friends, uh, to be great. You are missing out on your moment. We say, Lord, I need this, and God, I need that, and God, help me through this, and God, take care of this, and God, I need this. But what are we doing to give back? It is His right. Amen. It is His right to expect something back from us. It's His right. He sent His Son to die for you. is right. Think about what he's invested in you. You know, if if we were able to know all the things that God protected us from, (laughs) we'd probably be overwhelmed and speechless. We only know the things that we've experienced. We don't know the things that God has encamped angels around us for to keep us from experiencing We don't know all the investment that God's put in into us. But here's what I will tell you. Whatever you think he's invested, he's invested way more than that. But he does it because he believes that there's something great inside you. I'm so thankful when Jesus gives this parable. It doesn't stop there, but this is what it says. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, this would be Jesus talking to God. Let it alone this year also. I shall dig about it, dung it, and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that shall it cut it down. Saying, listen, Jesus isn't ready to give up on you. I realize, Lord, Father, that they haven't given any fruit. I realize you've come here every year expecting something, deserving something, and they produce nothing. I realize that, but I am not ready to give up on them because I see greatness in them. I see power. I see somebody that's going to move mountains. I see the next Moses, the next Abraham. I see somebody that's going to leave a legacy for this world to follow. For people to live by. I see someone that's going to be such a parent that their kids are going to grow up and do great things for me because of the the example they live. I see somebody that's going to be such a great Christian and such a great light and great church member that they're going to bring the congregation together. I see somebody that's going to invite everybody in their community around and they're going to grow my house. I see somebody that's going to do this. I see the next person that's going to get up and preach revivals and have souls come to me. I see the next person that's going to go out on missions and lead thousands of people to Christ, to me. I see something in these people and I'm not ready to give up. We've invested too much. But here's what I want you to know, friends. Here's your takeaway, and I'm getting ready to close. Here is your takeaway this morning. There's still a time limit on that. What's he say? He said, give it one more year. Amen. Let that settle in. He's not ready to give up on you yet. 
But at some point, friends, your greatest resource will run out. At some point, your moment, your moment to do what He's called you to do, to live the way He's called you to live, your moment to be an example and a light in this world, your moment's going to run out. And He says, if it bear fruit, well, and if not, okay, then we'll cut it down. Friends, you can't keep taking and taking and taking and expect nothing to change. I know we pray for... We go through troubles and trials and we go through this and we go through that and we go through dark times and valleys and we pray to come out and we pray for something to be different. We pray for our life to be different. And God wants to give you those things. He really does. But He needs to see some sort of return on his investment, if you will. Think about the, the, the parable where the, the guy came and gave the talents away. The guy that he gave five to got five more talents. And the guy that he gave three to invested the money and got three more talents. And the guy that he gave one talent to buried it for fear of losing it. And so when the master came to collect, he only had the one to give back. God called him slothful. And so he took the one and he gave it to the other ones that weren't. And I'm telling you that to say this. God has invested talent in you. Amen. <laughs> He's put something great in you. Amen. He's given you the ability to maybe reach out, reach somebody that I can't or we can't. He's given you the ability to talk to somebody that I'll never cross paths with or... or or uh, somebody else may never cross paths with. He's given you the ability to help do things, maybe financially. He's given you the ability for this and the ability for that. And the worst thing you can do is to bury it deep because you're afraid to lose it. God will prosper your talent. And he'll give you the desires of your heart, as the Bible says. But he needs to see some sort of return on his investment this morning. Don't miss out on your moment. This is, in Psalms 90 it said this in 12, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So I ask you this morning, church, have you, as you look back on your life, and as you look back on maybe even this past weekend and and farther on, the tales that are told, I'm sure we all have those where we sit around and we talk about how things used to be or stuff that happened. Have you applied your hearts to wisdom? And maybe you haven't, but here's the great thing. He's not done giving up on you yet. And he's brought you to this moment for you to be great. He says, let me... Dig it back out. Let me add some more things to it. (laughs) Let me give them some more stuff. Maybe they just need some more blessings. Maybe they just need some reminders. Maybe they need this. Let me apply these things. He's about to send some stuff your way. (laughs) Don't let it go to waste. As everybody stands this morning. 
Maybe, friends, maybe. Let me ask you this question. If this was your last year, if this scripture was talking about you and this is your last year, will you live it differently? Would you do things differently? Would you invest your time differently? That's what God wants you to take a hard look at right now because none of us are promised tomorrow. But the fact that you're still here today means he's not done giving up on you and he's, he's digging around your tree and he is fertilizing and he's sending stuff your way. But he needs you to make the most of your time. Friends, do not, you've come too far, do not miss out on your moment by wasting your greatest resource. As they play the song, will you come this morning if God spoke to your heart?